Well, as we get started here this morning, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand, but if I were to ask you to raise your hand, how many of you think that murder is like always wrong? I'm sure like every single hand would go up. If I were to say to you, is uh, rape always wrong? I'm sure every single hand would go up. But if I said to you, is lying wrong every single time? You'd probably stop to think about that one, wouldn't you? In other words, are there some things in life, some some sins that are sometimes tolerable, they're they're maybe, you know, acceptable in, in some points. In other words, are they sometimes necessary? I'll go ahead and answer that for you right now. No need to keep you in any suspense. The answer is no. No, sin is never right. It's never acceptable. It's never necessary. But yet, there's many sins that we think, oh, it's just a, a necessary, everyday part of life. So what I want to do over the next four weeks is do this uh, whole series called Necessary Sins with you, where we're going to look at things like lying and lust and gossip and anger and see, okay, is this something that God would have for us or is it something that he would want us to steer clear from? Again, I'm going to go ahead and tell you right now, he wants to steer clear from it. But yet, many times in our hearts, We're like, well, right now in this situation, in this circumstance, this is absolutely necessary that I do it, but it's not. Here's our key scripture for the entire series, and I hope that you'll memorize this one by the time the series is done. It's found in Psalm 139, verses 23 and 24, where David is praying and he says, search me, O God, and know my heart. Test me and know my anxious thoughts. Point out anything in me that offends you and lead me along the path of everlasting life. Again, that is something I hope that you will just sort of adopt that as a prayer for your life every single day that you would say, God, search my heart. God, show me, is there anything in me that is not of you, that it's displeasing to you? And God, if there is, help me to to change, to turn from that. The Bible will call it repentance. Help me to, to turn from that and towards you and the, and the path that you would have me to take. We talk about next steps around here a lot. Help me to just take the, the next step along the path that you have for me, God. So today we're going to begin with the, the first, what some people would call necessary sin, and that is lying. And I want to start with a, a story that just happened to me this past week. I was having lunch with a bunch of guys, and the two youngest guys there, they actually are roommates, and they also share a vehicle together. And I didn't catch the very front end of the story, so I'm not sure if this happened like last week or two weeks ago or three weeks ago. But anyway, the one was telling the story, and he was mad at his roommate, because here's what happened. They're driving, and he gets pulled over for speeding. And so the cop comes up, and he says, sir, did you know that you were speeding? And he said, no, I didn't. Now, I actually believe that he was telling the truth there. That he really didn't know. I'm sure if you're anything like me, there's sometimes that you're just like distracted. You're thinking about a lot of other things. You look down at the speedometer and you go, oh man, I'm going way too fast here. And then you you slow things back down. Well, I truly believe that that was him. He was just sort of distracted. He's going really fast. And so he tells the officer, no, I didn't know that I was speeding. But he's a young guy. And so the officer didn't believe him. And so he looks across into the passenger seat at the roommate and he says, did you know that he was speeding? Now, what would you answer in that particular situation? If you knew that he was speeding, what would you do? Would you say yes, or would you lie for him so hopefully he gets out of a speeding ticket? Well, these are Christian guys, and so the guy in the passenger seat knew that he was speeding, and he said to the officer, yeah, he was speeding. And so the officer gave him a ticket. (laughs) But at lunch, the the conversation was the, the driver was still mad at his roommate, that he didn't lie for him. He's like, if I were in the passenger seat, I would have lied. I would have told him, no, I didn't know. So think about it for you. 
If you were in that situation, what would you do? Would you have lied or not? Now, as I started thinking about it for my life, I'm like, you know what? 99% of the time, because I know lying is a sin, I probably would say, yep, (laughs) he's guilty. He was speeding. There's that 1% of the time, catch me on a bad day, I'd probably lie for the guy. But here's what I can tell you truthfully, 100% of the time, I'd have been tempted to lie. I always would be tempted to lie in that situation, but whether I'd actually do it or not, I'm not quite sure. See, there's just this part of us, we're, we're just born with this desire to lie about a lot of things. Parents, you didn't have to teach your kids how to lie, did you? You didn't like say, okay, kids, now, Monday we're going to do a lesson on your ABCs, Tuesday we're going to do how to tie your shoes, and then Wednesday we're going to do a lesson on how to lie to people. No, they figured it out all by themselves. They came into the kitchen, they had chocolate all over their face, and you're like, wait, didn't I tell you not to eat the chocolate chip cookies? And you're like, I didn't. You got chocolate all over your face. No, I don't. Now, we, we laugh about that, right? It's funny when it's a kid doing it, but here's the truth. We still do it as adults. In fact, I'm sure if I asked you, you could probably tell me some pretty funny stories about times you lied. Maybe you got away with it, maybe you didn't. But there's just this part of us that wants to lie about all kinds of things. Mass confession here this morning. How many of you have ever lied? All right, now keep your hands up nice and high. Look around. If anybody doesn't have their hand up right now, point at them and say, You're a liar! <laughs> We have all lied and we all want to lie. We all think that it's a necessary part of life. And our society says this, well, since everybody does it, it's okay. It's acceptable. It's necessary. But again, God's saying, no, it's not. No, it's not. And I want you to see how seriously God feels about lying. Of course, Lying's part of the Ten Commandments, right? Right in the Ten Commandments. Thou shalt not lie. But yet we still do it. But but look at this. In in Proverbs uh, 12.22, we, we read about how God feels about this. It says, Lips that lie are disgusting to the Lord, but honest people are as delight. Now, there in that uh, scripture there, the original Hebrew word there that we translate as disgusting, if you look at it, it literally means to, to make someone nauseous to the point of throwing up. So that's how God feels about our, our lying. That every single time, well, I've got to tell this little white lie. I've got to stretch the truth here a little bit. It literally makes God throw up. Disgust him. You're going, well... Why? Why Why isn't there a scripture that says that that murder makes God throw up or that rape would make God throw up? Why is it about lying? What what is it about lying that just really, really just turns the stomach of God? I think we actually uh, discover the reason in in John 8, 44. It's there Jesus is talking to a bunch of people and they're, they're a bunch of liars amongst many other things. But Jesus says this, if you follow along there in John 8, 44, Your father, the devil, or your father is the devil, and you do exactly what he wants. He has always been a murderer and a what? A liar. 
There is nothing truthful about him. Again, Jesus is talking about Satan here. There's nothing truthful about him. He speaks on his own, and everything that he says is a, a lie. Not only is he a liar himself, but he is also the father of all lies. So basically what Jesus is saying here is this, that any time we lie, we're basically saying that we would rather follow Satan than follow Jesus. That we would rather follow the, the father of all lies and his deceit than our heavenly father who is full of grace and full of truth. So you're starting to see now why, why this turns the stomach of God. It makes him nauseous every single time that we lie. If you're still not getting this, think of it this way. For those of you that are married, what would happen if right now you were told that your spouse is having an affair? How would that make you feel? For many of you, you would get sick to your stomach. And see, every single time that we lie, it's basically like we're having an affair with the devil. In fact, any sin is like we're having an affair with the devil. That I would rather be with Satan than be with Jesus. And so every time we're lying, man, God's like, man, that just turns my stomach. It makes me nauseous that they're doing that. And so today what I want to do is talk about, all right, if we know that it sickens God, why do we keep doing it? And, and how do we lie? Who do we lie to? And then I want to give you one practical next step to try to combat it. So if you're taking notes, we'll first of all start out with ways in which we lie. So number one is this, and who, who do we lie to? Well, number one, I, I lie to others. I lie to others. This is probably the most obvious one. It's the one that when you hear the word lie that you think of, you know, people, somebody lying to somebody else. And, you know, I'll confess to you this morning, my, my like, biggest lie of my life that I ever did, and I'm just ashamed of, and it still sort of haunts me to this day, Many years ago, when I was still doing magic professionally, so this was before I was in the ministry, but uh, I was still doing magic professionally. And of course, when you go out and you perform, uh, you get paid for it, you know, and I got paid quite well for doing that. However, occasionally you were asked to do a free show for someone. Usually this would be like a charity uh, or, you know, there was a special cause that was going on or uh, maybe an organization, that type of thing. And so in the town that I uh, was there and performing in, we had this organization there called ARC. It stood for uh, the Association of Retarded Citizens. And so they had called me and they said, would you consider coming in on this particular Friday night and doing a show for us? And would you consider doing it as a, a free show? And so I agreed to do this particular show. However, the week of the show leading up to it on Friday night, I got the opportunity to do something else that I really wanted to do. Instead of calling the ark and telling him, no, you know, I, I, you know, trying to back out of the show or something like that, guess what I did? I just didn't show up. I was 19, I was young, I was irresponsible. I just didn't show up. And I went and did what I wanted to do. I forget if it was the next day or Monday then that they call me and they're like, well, where were you? And I lied. I said, oh, well, I had talked to the director about possibly doing a show, but she never confirmed with me. And again, that's, what am I now, 41, so that's 22 years ago. And, and still, that, that just bugs me that I would do something like that. Not just what I did, but then the, to lie to, to cover up the whole thing. And, you know, that's just one story of many that I could tell you about times that I've stretched the truth or, or didn't do the right thing. 
Again, if you're being honest, I'm sure there's stories you could probably tell about times you just simply weren't honest. You just didn't do the thing you knew that you were supposed to do. We just lie. We, we lie to strangers. We lie to neighbors. We lie to co-workers. We even lie to family and friends sometimes, don't we? Scripture actually talks about this in Jeremiah 9, 5. It says, one friend deceives another and no one tells the truth. These people have trained themselves to tell lies. They do wrong and they're unable to repent. Now, ladies, here's the bad news. Studies have been done that show that you ladies lie on average three times per day. Ladies, do you realize that means you lie over a thousand times per year? I see some of you guys like shaking your head and you're like, got this look on your face of utter disgust. Like, how dare those ladies, dirty, filthy liars. But guys, before you get too high and holy here, that same study shows that we as guys lie on average six times per day. All right, guys, the, the fish in our stories keep getting bigger and bigger, don't they? And uh, again, it, it's just unfortunately that this part of life, you know, that we, we tell lies that, well, the reason I was late, you know, traffic, and you, we have lies about all that kind of stuff. By the way, Mom and Dad, actually yesterday it wasn't traffic. It really was the parking garage that made us late for, yeah. Anyway, uh, I kept thinking about that on the way down. I can't lie about this because they're going to be there tomorrow. And, you know. <laughs> Uh, but, you know, we, we lie about things like that. You know, traffic goes bad. Or we'll say things like, well, you know, I, I got a headache, so I, I can't come and, and do that thing I promised I was going to do. Or here's the big one, guys. Yes, honey, those jeans look fine on you. But what we're thinking is if this was 20 years ago, right? We, we don't tell the truth. Now, I don't think that about my wife. I mean, she looks hot all the time. But I'm just saying, you know, I've heard this, you know, about guys that they... Uh, that they do these things. But isn't it true that we just, these little things, we just keep keep trying to put things in and trying to make ourselves look better and trying to keep ourselves out of hot water on various things. Again, we, we laugh about all this, but in the meanwhile, God is getting nauseous anytime we lie to other people. Who else do we lie to? Well, number two there on your outline, I lie to God. It's bad enough that we're lying to other people, but then we sometimes we lie to God. There's actually a very interesting story found in Acts chapter 5 about this very thing. Now, let me give you a little bit of uh, context here. This is after Jesus' death, his burial, his resurrection. Jesus has already established the church, turned the keys over to Peter, that, Peter, you're going to be the, the one in charge of this, and then Jesus returns back to heaven. And the church is just getting started, and everything is going great. Acts chapter 2 and Acts chapter 4, we read that the believers were so unified with one another that they decide to sell all their possessions and goods, pull all the money together so that there would be no one that would have any need amongst themselves. All right, so that, that's pretty cool, right? It, just pulling it all together, and we're helping one another. And so we, we get over to Acts chapter 5 then, and there's a couple. Their name is uh, Ananias and Sapphira. They're, they're a married couple. And they decide that, hey, we're a part of the church here, and we're going to do what everybody else is doing, and that is we're going to sell our land and sell our goods and give the money to the church so we can help the poor and the widows and the orphans and keep the church going and everything. But, as they're selling it, they think, you know what, that was a lot of money. And so they come up with a lie. 
And they tell everybody that they didn't sell the land for as much as what it actually sold for. And they give the money to the church and then they pocket the rest for themselves. In other words, like, you know, if they sold it for $100,000, they told everybody, oh, we sold it for $80,000, gave the $80,000 to the church, and then they pocketed the other 20. Is that making sense? God reveals to Peter what they've done. And so Peter decides to confront them about this. Now, before I read it to you, keep in mind, everything they were doing was completely voluntary. They didn't have to sell their land. They didn't have to give their money. They had decided that, no, we, we want to do this, but we're going to lie about what we're doing because they wanted to look really, really spiritual. And so when Peter confronts them, here's what we read in Acts 5, 3 to 4. It says, Peter said, why has Satan made you keep back some of the money from the sale of the property? Why have you lied to the Holy Spirit? The property was yours before you sold it, and even after you sold it, the money was still yours. What made you do such a thing? You didn't lie to people. You lied to God. And the lesson for us here today is this. Anytime we lie to another believer, a, a follower of Jesus, it's as if though we've lied directly to God. Now, I'm not going to get into the, the whole reason right now, the why, and I've got some theories on it. But you know the punishment for Ananias and Sapphira for telling a lie to God in this context? It was death. They immediately, right there on the spot, dropped dead because they had lied to their church. They had lied to God. Again, I'm not going to get into the whole reason uh, today why that all happened. But I think the lesson for us is this. God takes lying very, very seriously, especially when you're lying to him. Number three, then, sometimes I lie to myself. When you start to get really good at lying, you start to believe your own lies. And then you start to tell lies to cover up your lies. And again, you, you're, you're believing all these lies yourself, and, and you're telling lies to cover it all up, and you get so good at it that you deceive yourself, that you don't even know the truth anymore. And so you start to say things like, well, you know what? No, I don't have a drinking problem. Or, or my marriage, it's, it's fine. When the reality is, it's not. You do have a drinking problem. Or, or maybe your marriage isn't fine. But you've so believed the lie that you keep telling yourself that you are now deceived. Again, our, our hearts can get really, really dark. We can deceive ourselves, and that's why it's important that we pray a prayer similar to the one that David prayed in Psalm 119, verses 27 to 29, when he says Get to God, Help me understand the meaning of your commandments, and I will meditate on your wonderful deeds. I weep with sorrow. Encourage me by your word. Keep me from lying to myself. Give me the privilege of knowing your instructions. So whatever you do, don't lie to yourself. Don't do it, especially when it comes to your relationship with God and, and your standing with God. Because a lot of people are like, oh yeah, God and I, we're, we're fine. Everything's good. Yeah, I, I know that what I'm doing probably isn't right, but God has given me permission to do it. You know, It's wrong for everybody else, but he's given me an exemption. See, you're, you're just lying to yourself. You're lying to God. You can't do that because, again, there will be consequences for it. So why why do we lie? Why is it that 
three to six times per day, we think, you know what? Telling a lie here is going to be better for me than telling the truth. Well, there's multiple reasons. One of them is that, you know, if I lie right here, it's going to make my life a little bit easier. You ever had that happen before? That you're like, if I tell a lie right now, just it's going to make things a little bit easier right here and right now. Here's another reason. I don't want to hurt somebody else's feelings. You ever done that? Oh, man, that was, that was bad, or that doesn't look good, or the work that they did there, it's not good, so, but I'm not going to tell them, you know, even though they asked me, how was it? Oh, it was fine. It was great. But inside, you know, it isn't. You don't want to hurt their feelings. How about this? Sometimes we lie because we don't want to look bad ourselves. Or the, the flip of that would be that we want to look better than what we actually are. Oh, I'll just fudge my resume just a little bit here to make myself look a little bit better. Here's another one. We think that lying's going to get us ahead in some way. Oh, if I lie here, I'm going to have an advantage. Regardless of why we lie, once we start to lie, one lie leads to another, which leads to another, which leads to another. All of a sudden you have this giant snowball of lies, and it's running out of control. And it's really, really hard to stop. And again, you start to deceive yourself so much that you're not even sure what the truth is anymore. And you get confused about which story did you tell which person. And you're like trying to like juggle all these lies and, and make sure that the cover-up is still going good. And man, that's a stressful way to live. Trying to keep all the, all the balls in the air of who did I tell what. And that's why you hear a lot of people that, you know, if they're caught in this big web of lies and all of a sudden they do get caught, they're like, man, it is such a relief. It's a relief that I got caught. Why? Because it's stressful trying to do all that stuff. Trying to deceive everyone. Now here's the thing. There may be less stress now, but now it's known that you're not a person of integrity. Let's see, God can forgive all those things. We'll talk about that in just a, a little bit here. Again, regardless of, of why we lie, we think that short term, right now, it's going to make for a better result than if I tell the, the truth and what's going to happen. So it's like right here and right now, I want what's best for me, not what does honoring God mean. We think, you know, that if I, I lie right now, it's going to bring me security. The truth of the matter is, the more you lie, the more insecure you come. If I lie right now, I'm going to get more of what I really want. But the truth is, you actually get less of what really matters. If I lie right now, my relationship is going to be better. The truth is, you can't build a good relationship on a foundation of lies. You see, Satan, you're the father of all lies. He wants to distance you from the truth. Think of it this way. If right here where I'm standing represents capital T truth, I mean the truth, God's truth, the real truth, the gospel truth, this is truth right here, and over here represents the real me, and by the way, not the me that I want you to think that I am, but the real me, the good, the bad, and the ugly, what we need to understand is that the further we are from the real truth, the gospel, Jesus the further we get from that, the more we're going to feel the need that I need to lie about something. But the closer we get to the truth, the closer we get over here to the capital T truth, then the less we need 
to lie. You're going, well, Gilbert, that's a little bit confusing. I mean, that makes sense. Obviously, if we're getting closer to the truth, then we're going to lie a little bit less. But here's what you need to understand. The truth is not a concept. The truth isn't just a a thing. The truth is a person. And so maybe this will make a little bit more sense for you. Look at what Jesus says about himself in John 14, 6. He says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. So when we talk about getting closer to the truth, what we're actually talking about is getting closer to Jesus. So if you find yourself that you're constantly lying, what I'm saying is every single day you need to get closer and closer to Jesus because as you get closer to Jesus, the less you're going to feel the need to lie. The further you get away from Jesus, the more you're going to lie. Does that make sense? So we talk about next steps around here all the time. What I'm saying is your next step is just keep every single day. Get closer and closer and closer to Jesus and all of a sudden you're going to be like, I don't need to lie as much because I've got his truth now living inside of me. And it's motivated me to become the person that he wants me to be. And that person is obviously not a person that turns the stomach of God. So again, I don't know exactly what it's going to look like for you. But every single day, find a way to get closer and closer to Jesus. Find a way to get closer and closer to the truth. Because the closer you are, the less you're going to feel the need to lie. And again, there's going to be such a a sense of freedom. Because there's not that pressure anymore to to keep all the lies straight. And and who did I tell what? You you get this, this freedom. In fact, Jesus talks about this in John 8, 32. He says, you will know the truth, and the truth will set you free. You will know Jesus, and Jesus will set you free from that that web of lies that you've gotten caught up in. Not only will he forgive you, but he'll change you and help you to become more and more like him. And so since he is the truth, what will that make you? It'll make you the truth as well. And that will cause you, because the the Bible says, out of the overflow of your heart, your mouth will speak. Well, the more of the truth you get in your heart, the more the truth is going to come out of your mouth. So our our, big thought for today is basically, the the further from the truth I get, the more I'm going to feel the need to lie. But the closer to the truth that I get, the less I'll feel the need to lie. Let's pray here this morning. Father God, we thank you for the truth of your word and the truth of your son Jesus who who came and died to set us free from these so-called necessary sins that we sometimes find ourselves just thinking, I've got to do this. Well, Lord, I pray that this morning as we've looked at what does your word say about this topic of lying, that we would see that it's not just one of the Ten Commandments, but that it is something that God, you feel so strongly about that it it actually turns your stomach. And so, God, help us to to feel your pain in that and to want to live our lives in such a way that we wouldn't displease you in that way. So, Lord, I, I pray that there's 
lies that we're currently caught up in that right now, even in our seats, we would pray and confess those sins to you, God. And your word says that you are faithful and just to forgive us of all of our sins and to cleanse us from all of our unrighteousness. And that, God, you would, uh, right now, as you promised, separate those sins as far as the east is from the west. But, Lord, we know that it's not just about asking for forgiveness, but then it's about repenting, turning from our sin. And so, again, if there's any lies that we're currently up in, I pray that you would give each and everybody or each and every person here this morning the uh, courage just to admit that. Uh, maybe it's admitting it to somebody else. Maybe it's uh, confessing that to themselves. Uh, maybe, God, it is confessing to you that, God, I've been trying to lie to you in this particular area. God, again, help us to have that courage not to stay still but to keep taking next steps closer and closer and closer to the truth. So again, reveal to us right now what it is that you'd have us to do as a result of this message. Jesus, thank you again for who you are. Thank you for dying for our sins. Thank you for giving us a brand new life, a life that can be free, a life that's free, that we can be who you say that we are, that we're forgiven, we're free, we're whole, we're an ambassador, that we're more than a conqueror. Jesus, you speak so much truth into our lives. Help us to walk in that instead of following the father of all lies, Satan, who wants to steal and kill and destroy us. God, each and every time we come to that sort of why in the road, we have a, a choice. Do I follow the path of God? Do I follow the path of Satan? Lord, through the power of your Holy Spirit, help us to always make the right decision. I pray all these things in Jesus' name. Amen.